Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield. And I'm Josiah Jones. And this is the Christ Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. Our show is designed to encourage, challenge, and uplift you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In this episode, we're going to talk about the latest sermon, chat about where we are in Holy Week, read some scripture, and as always, we'll spend some time praying for you all. So let's get to it. Josiah, so great to see you today. How you doing? How you holding up uh, during these wild coronavirus times? <laughs> well, Dave, um, doing pretty well. Thank Good. you. Yeah. Um, these are wild, crazy times, as you mentioned. In fact, as you know, and, and by now, probably mm-hmm. many of you who are listening know uh, it's been pretty crazy. Even uh, today, our business manager, Tracy DeWitt, uh, had a, a medical emergency with mm-hmm. um, chest pains and shortness of breath, and it was, uh, it was scary. Um, but uh, we believe that uh, she's going to be okay. She's mm-hmm. uh, in good hands, and so we're praying for her, trusting her. And it, uh, it was just a reminder to, to me how, how fragile life mm-hmm. is and how we need Jesus every step of the way. Yeah, indeed. Indeed, we sure do. It's crazy to think about how um, just one small little thing, like a virus, can change the lives of billions of people on this earth in a matter of mere days. Um, The pace of life has changed changed substantially, Um, and the plus side is I don't think my yard has ever looked this good (laughs) with this much time at home. (laughs) Um, But really, I mean, things changed so rapidly in the last month. Yeah. They they have. Um, I can't say that my yard looks good, <laughs> um, but I am uh, I am starting to get some exercise. No, that's good. And uh, and so that that's been good. Things have, in one sense, uh, slowed down in terms of having more quality time with a family. But on the other hand, there's there's so many things changing and. It requires a need to to to, to have lots of meetings and and mm-hmm. talk, uh, trusting God to help us to know how to to do life and how to care for uh, His people in the midst of these changes. Yeah, they they are different times for sure. And in the age of social distancing, I find myself wanting to maintain a sense of humanity too it's you we're supposed to be six feet apart yeah uh, and that just feels weird i don't want to walk around with a tape measure i mean i'm a germaphobe so actually yes. i do want to walk around with a tape measure and keep everyone away. <laughs> well, that seems rude uh so they have to balance that right so it's just it is it's a very uncomfortable strange time and we're all in this together trying to find our way and god gives grace absolutely i've just a, a funny story yeah. yesterday as i'm walking uh after i had jogged these uh Older ladies were uh, walking on the su- other side of the sidewalk, and I just looked up, and all of a sudden, it's like I'm the plague. And so they <laughs> they moved to the other side. They said, "No offense, no offense." <laughs> no offense. Like, hey, none taken. None taken. Yeah, it's a blessing. Well, let's get right to it then. Let's talk about the sermon. Um, and I brought a timer this week because, as you know, well, last two weeks uh, you didn't quite stick to the sixty second recap. Ah. So, uh, all right, give us our sixty second recap of your sermon, if you would. Well, uh, before I do, 
And before you start your clock, Dave, <laughs> okay, uh, I, I want to mention that we apologize for the tech, technical difficulties mm. on Sunday. Right, right. Um, our tech guys are doing an amazing job. There are tremendous challenges, uh, but we're already looking into and and expect things to be fixed for uh, this coming weekend, both the Good Friday and Sunday mm. services. Mm. Okay, awesome to hear. So, Dave, uh, on Sunday, we were in Luke 19 uh, talking about the triumphal entry, uh, and we one of the wonderful things about Luke, he gives us a unique aspect where he shows us kind of like two different screens. The first screen is this, uh, uh, this picture of the rejoicing crowd because the king has come. And then this other picture is the weeping king, Hmm. the rejoicing crowd, the weeping king. Hmm. And the message that Luke wants us to see is that uh, we can have real and deep joy even in the midst of real and deep sorrows Hmm. because the king has come. Hmm. That's awesome. And it's jarring to think that our king is a weeping king, because when Jesus came, they weren't looking for a Messiah that would weep. They were looking for a Messiah with a sword, and that was the peace that they were expecting, a political, socioeconomic peace. And and while you were preaching, I, I couldn't help but think that there's a much bigger issue here. Now, you brought up this idea of shalom. You talked at length about uh, shalom meaning peace, and you're kind of stirring up a little bit of a hornet's nest uh, here. Um, so shalom is the Hebrew word for peace, uh, and it's interpreted very differently uh, by different camps. On, on, on one extreme, there are those that take this to mean that Jesus died to bring peace to every situation right now, including healing from all diseases and granting riches, etc., kind of the, the word of faith, name it and, cl- and claim it camp. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the spectrum, you have those that completely spiritualize this and say that there's no physical aspect to this promise now of peace. And so how do we navigate that as followers of Jesus, especially in light of some pretty big physical needs going on right now with coronavirus? Yeah, Dave, uh, that that is a hornet's nest. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, but sometimes you have to stir up the hornet's nest to get the honey. That's true. So I think... Uh, I think this is one of those cases, and so I'm glad you you brought it up. Um, there there really are two ways to veer, I think, from the biblical truth, because the picture is that Jesus has come to bring the kingdom in its fullness. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want a reductionistic view to uh, just the spiritual blessings of, uh, of the kingdom, although in the new covenant you do have this apparent shift in emphasis, mm-hmm. even in Luke's account where he talks, he talks about peace in heaven. The emphasis is first right now peace with God. So all the all the the fullness of shalom flows from that. But Jesus displays the fullness of the kingdom. He, he gives us a little picture of what's to come um, because he wants us to know that he cares about the, the whole person and the whole cosmos. And so he 
he, he demonstrates his power over all uh, demonic spirits. Uh, he, he doesn't just forgive sins and give people peace with God, but he, he gives sight to the blind. Mm-hmm. He gives uh, uh, hearing to the deaf and, mm-hmm. and enables the mute to speak. He causes the lame to walk. Uh, he demonstrates his power over uh, over uh, a death itself, mm-hmm. and and of course uh, over nature, to to show that he he is going to redeem uh, as far as the curse is found, mm-hmm. as that great uh, uh, Advent hymn uh, expresses it. Mm-hmm. So the problem isn't to believe that even healing is part of what God's bringing in the kingdom. The problem is what uh, theologians uh, use a big fancy word to describe as mm-hmm. over-realized eschatology. <laughs> oh, nerd alert. Uh, yes. Over-realized eschatology. <laughs> Why don't you explain a little bit of that? What is that? So uh, eschatology means end times mm-hmm. or the end. So what God has promised in the end is over-realized, wanting it right here mm-hmm. and now, mm-hmm. whereas the biblical picture in Scripture is that um, Christ has come to purchase and secure the kingdom in its fullness, mm-hmm. and there is much that we experience here and now, which is uh, forgiveness, right relationship with God, and he begins uh, to bring even a, a healing. With uh, uh, So it's still, in the New Testament, we, we are called to trust and ask God for the healing of, of loved ones mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or of the sick, and, and uh, there are times when it fits God's purpose to give us a, f- a foretaste mm-hmm. of that uh, kingdom that's to come where, there's a, where there will be complete healing for all who belong to Jesus. But even in the New Testament, when Jesus healed or even raised Lazarus from the dead, mm-hmm. he was raised to die again. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't the fullness mm-hmm. of the kingdom that's to come. And so the problem is when we believe, oh, it's always God's will to, to heal now, is that doesn't fit with the biblical picture. And what happens when we depart from what Scripture teaches on this is um, you, you end up being disillusioned, and mm-hmm. oftentimes it can be very cruel when someone's sick or suffering, and, and then someone says, well, if you just have enough faith, mm-hmm. th- that person will be healed, and then... That person isn't healed, and you say, okay, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. What sin are you mm-hmm. committing? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And wow, that's, I mean, it can be so tormenting. Yeah. It, it can be crush people. That really is dangerous. And it's easy to criticize, I think, the Word of Faith movement, the Name it and Claim It, Prosperity Gospel, because it really distracts from the person and work of Jesus. But I think for the other side of the equation, the over-spiritualized camp, we almost let a little bit of Gnosticism creep in because we want to be spiritual. The the Bible talks about being spiritual. But I wonder if we let a little bit of Gnosticism creep in, namely that the, the, the physical realm is bad and we need to shed it in order to attain this ideal spirituality. So do you think then that there's a little bit of modern Gnosticism in this over-spiritualizing of the promises of Shalom. For sure, Dave. Uh, I, I think that's right, and you you can see it 
uh, creeping up in the early church, mm-hmm. and then if we study church history throughout, right. that heresy has creeped up, and 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 in Scripture and the church has responded to that rightly to say this is a departure mm-hmm. uh, f- from the truth uh, because. God created the world, the the, the physical material mm. world, he said, was good in creation. And in redemption, God has come to redeem. So Romans 8 talks about how the creation groans, mm-hmm. awaiting the revelation of the sons of God when the creation itself will be renewed. Mm. And one of the clearest uh, pointers to the, the, this isn't the truth of God, Gnosticism isn't, is what we're celebrating during Holy Week, mm-hmm. namely the resurrection of Jesus right. Christ from the dead. Yeah, And when he appeared to people, it wasn't just a spiritual resurrection, mm-hmm. it was a physical resurrection. Mm-hmm. So in, in Luke's gospel that we're going to be looking at, he says, give me some food, I'm not a ghost, <laughs> I have a body. Uh, uh, just a spiritual being doesn't have that. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead physically, mm-hmm. bodily, gloriously, and so will all who are in Christ. Yeah, amen. That is awesome. What a great truth to think about, especially this time of year as we are in Holy Week. So let's talk about Holy Week. As most of our listeners know, Sunday was Palm Sunday, the day that we typically celebrate as Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. But up until Easter, or Resurrection Sunday, whatever you want to call it, we kind of forget that some really crucial stuff was going on during this week, things that we really shouldn't forget. Exactly. Uh, And there's so much to be said here that time doesn't allow Mm -hmm. for. But when we think of the events leading up to the crucifixion and the resurrection, what do we see Jesus doing? Mm -hmm. We see him cleansing the temple. Mm -hmm. We see him teaching, especially about the nature of the kingdom Mm -hmm. and how it's to come and how we're to live in light of the kingdom. We see him uh, uh, establishing the sacraments, Mm. uh, particularly uh, of the Lord's Mm -hmm. Supper. Uh, So, and and of course, we see the Son of God serving his own people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is so humbling to think that the Lord of the universe, on the night before he was to die, would care deeply about those closest to him. And, you know, in John 13, Jesus goes on to say to his disciples, I've given you an example to follow. As I've served you, I want you to serve one another. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important Mm -hmm. thing for us to consider, even during this Holy Week, to behold the one who humbles himself and serves us, that we might be changed into his likeness, that even in the midst of the challenges that we face, Mm -hmm. as he faced death itself, Mm -hmm. to be able to forget about ourselves and to serve those who are in need. Mm. What an awesome Lord we serve. Amen. In our next segment, we're going to take time to hear God's Word. We want the Word of Christ to dwell in us richly, so as you listen, chew on these words, meditate on them, and thank God for the gift of His Word. Since this is Holy Week, we want to really focus specifically on the work of Jesus, 
So today's text is one of the richest in all of Scripture, taken from the second chapter of the book of Hebrews. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor, because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God we might taste, he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of of the people, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we close, we want to spend time praying for all of you, and we hope you will pray along with us if you're able. Josiah, why don't you go first, and then I'll close us. I'd be glad to, Dave. Oh, gracious Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, who was made a little lower than the heavenly beings. How astonishing that is, so that he might taste death for us, and he might destroy him who has the power of death, the one who would subject us to fear of death. 
how we need to remember that in this time of concern and time where we are tempted to fear that the Lord Jesus has triumphed. And though he has triumphed, he knows what we're going through. And he is able to help us in our time of need. Oh God, we cling to that. This afternoon we cling to that for our dear sister and friend in Christ, for Tracy. We ask, O Lord, that she would know the nearness of your presence, that she would rest in your love and power. She would know that she is securely in the palm of your hands and no one and nothing can pluck her from them. And I pray, O God, that our brother Paul and Tyre DeWitt family would have a sure sense of that. As much as they love her, you love her even more. You lay down your life for her, and they can entrust her to your care. Father, that's our heart's cry for all of us. As we recognize how fragile our lives are, we are more grateful than ever for the Lord Jesus who took on flesh that he might taste us for us, that he might overcome death, that he might give us hope and peace in the midst of uh, life's storms, in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of the challenges that we face every day and the unknown challenges of tomorrow. Lord, we don't know what the future holds, but we, as Christians have said for For many ages, we know who holds the future, and it is a good and gracious and loving and victorious Savior. And we ask, Father, that during this holy week, you would show us more of our Savior, that we might see the depths of his love for us that we might rest securely in his tender love and care and compassion and in his power, the very power that raised him from the dead, his resurrection power, his reigning power. And we rejoice even as we remember what he has done for us. And oh, the difference it makes in our lives. Show us more of Christ. Let nothing that is happening in the world around us keep us from seeing Jesus. But may you use it to drive us to him like never before, we pray. Amen. Gracious Father, we just thank you so much for the privilege to talk to you. Lord, you haven't left us without hope. You've revealed your Son to us. You've revealed yourself in your Word. And you've given us this gift of prayer just to talk to you and share what's on our hearts, our concerns, our cares, our hopes and dreams. And so we give you praise for this gift and thanks. And Lord, as we are in disorienting times with this virus that's going around and the upheaval of our society, disagreeing sides on left and right, 
different cultures taking different approaches around the world. Lord, it is very disoriented because life is out of the norm, and I can't help but think about Jesus as he set his face toward Jerusalem and was entering Holy Week, and as he was pouring himself out and serving and serving and loving and loving, and then what he was getting back was hatred and shouts for crucify him and Mm -hmm. kill him and hatred And Lord, we just thank you that he was obedient even unto death, even the death of a cross. Thank you. So we have so much to be thankful about, even in disorienting times like COVID-19. We have so much to be grateful for. And so we just give you praise for your grace in our lives. Lord, we don't give you praise necessarily for the small things, even though we should, and we ask for forgiveness of that when we overlooked the wonderful blessings that you've poured out on us, like sunshine and uh, a place to lay our heads and food on on the table. Lord, these are wonderful gifts that are uh, gifts of your grace to us, and so we just give you thanks for those things. And we also give you thanks for the big things, that you have adopted us and made us your Mm. children. That is massive. You have done a work... Uh, a supernatural work in our hearts from transferring us from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of your beloved son. This is not a small thing. It's massive. And so we give you praise for that. Lord, as we continue in Holy Week and as especially as Good Friday is approaching, we ask for a sense of sobriety, a sense of seriousness as we reflect on um, what Jesus did for us, that he was willing to undergo such cruel, humiliating punishment for us, that he was willing to be forsaken by you for us, and yet we know it didn't stop there, and that Sunday was just around the corner, and he rose gloriously from the dead, and we are united with him in his resurrection, and you are in the resurrecting business as you speak life into people's souls, and they are resurrected and made your children, and so we give you praise for this. We ask now that as we face these difficult times, you will give us wisdom, that you will give us the fruit of your spirit, which is love, which is peace, which is joy, even though things look very grim. And even if we come down with this virus and end up on a ventilator in the ICU, we pray that you would give us joy in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for entering Holy Week and being successful at the end and raising from the dead. And we pray that you would continue this work of grace in our lives. And we know you will, because you promised that what you start, you will finish. Amen. And so we take that grave all the way to, or that promise all the way to the bank. We love you, and we trust you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed this, we invite you to share it with family and friends. For more information on our church, please visit us online at ChristCommunityCarmel.org and join us again next week for the Christ Community Podcast. Until then, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. God bless.